0: You and I, I want to say met on a flight to Australia? Yes. <laughs> okay. Right, because like it's obviously like I years knew ago. Who you were.
1: And you were just nice. And are you the one that
0: gave me the sleeping pill or was that Pete Holmes? Pete Holmes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Every time I'm like, who gave it
0: to me? Were you the one who gave it the to you? <laughs> No, because for me on the flight, Pete Holmes took some sleeping pills Multiple because he's so big. Do you remember what he was doing on the flight? No. Okay, he was super high from sleeping pills because we were flying to Australia for the festival in Melbourne. Yeah. And he, like, held court in the flight. (laughs) Like, he was, like, doing five minutes. Like, he was telling stories. He was doing bits. Were they laughing? People were laughing. No, they weren't.
1: (laughs) You're trying, like, not to sell him down the river.
0: That is the voice of Eliza Schlesinger. I say it wrong during the show. I say Schlesinger, but it's Schlesinger. I'm here to set the record straight and apologize. She is a great, she's a phenomenal comic. And we're re-airing this episode today because it was so popular. And she's going out on tour right now. She's gonna be in Brea and Hawaii and Milwaukee and Chicago and Michigan and Texas and all kinds of places. She is a riot. She's, um, we have a great conversation today about uh, a, a whole range of things. We work, we work out a ton of jokes. Um, oh, by the way, I'm going to be in a bunch of places. Um, I'm going to be in Indianapolis. Uh, it looks like the, we added a show in Madison. That it's really close to sold out. We added the Wednesday. Uh, you get involved with that. Uh, Philadelphia sold out. But I, I'm going to try to find some more times to do Philadelphia. This summer, if I can, um, so just, you know what, the biggest thing is just join the mailing list on burbigs.com, the email list. You will be the first to know. Uh, I'm adding some shows in, uh, Levittown in Long Island, um, and a handful of other places, some overseas announcements about old man and the pool coming soon. But in the meantime, enjoy my conversation with the great Eliza Schlesinger. It's funny. Like until you have your friend on a podcast, you don't know where they're born. Um, you're East Coast. No, not really.
1: I was born here,
0: but then moved.
1: Yeah, when I was like
0: two. Oh, okay, okay.
1: But sometimes people get bios wrong, and it's like a New Yorker, and I'm like, in my heart and in my pace, I'm a New Yorker. Right. And my family's from New York, but I'm from Dallas, Texas. Okay. Nobody gets that. That's interesting. I know.
0: Are you a military family? <laughs> I'm Jewish. Oh, I thought military family because when you did the elder millennial special on like that aircraft carrier, I was right. like, I wonder military family.
1: No, I am very lucky to have gotten to do USO shows. Yeah, done a lot of that. that. Yeah, and a lot of comics do, but they really—the first one I got to do—like really tugged at my heart. Like it was such an eye-opening experience. Yeah. If you are a civilian that doesn't have military family and you don't come from a place where a lot of people go into the military, yeah, so. Going on a Christmas tour, going to Iraq, going to Afghanistan, and seeing firsthand, I get goosebumps, what these people give up, it just hit me and it has informed my patriotism in a very specific way. And so we, I don't know if you've done one of these. like Yeah, uh, uh, I've uh,
0: done done some, but I haven't done as many as you.
1: Well, it's not, you know, all my my stories. We did a show on an aircraft carrier in Bahrain, like in the ocean. And it was such a cool feeling to see the thing open and all the servicemen and women are there. So I came home, and Netflix was like, this is kind of bullshit. They're like, we want higher production value out of our specials. I'm like, really? Because I've never seen anyone. That's
0: so funny. Like, this
1: isn't, we're not Tom Cruise. Like, I'm not flying my own plane. So we found an aircraft carrier because I wanted it to feel like it did when I did it. Nice. But, like, no one else got that note. Like, I don't see anyone else spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. I thought
0: that about your new special, too. I was like, production value on the special is much higher than your regular special.
1: Oh, that's so funny. Did you know, did, I tried to keep it down. Really? Because I was like, nobody, if the jokes aren't fire, nobody cares if you did it on Mars. I know you mean. It's just a blue background. Wait, this yeah. one, the one that comes yeah, yeah. out on the 11. The hot one. The hot one.
0: Forever hot.
1: Forever hot. <laughs> I was just like, they're like, how's this background? I'm like, it's fine. As long as it's not red, it's fine.
0: You and I have this thing in common, which is like, neither of us are affiliated with like some kind of big comedy institution that it's like, Eliza, from blank. Mike, from blank. What do you like, mean, like Boom The Show. Oh, oh, right. SNL. Neither of us
1: have a job. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> we don't have a job. From Will and Grace, from this. You know what I mean? Like, there's no single thing. You, like, you're just Eliza from Eliza. I'm just Mike right. from Mike. Like, Do you like that? Or do you wish, like, deep is, down, oh,
1: it was like, from big er, love?
0: <laughs> that's what I was asking. Is Early on in my career, I was like, desperately wanted to have one of those yeah. Mike from blank a yeah. big thing where people go oh right from blank and now that I'm not I'm like oh I'm, I'm glad that I'm not because yeah. it, it like sticks you to that thing forever
1: I guess it's kind of like it is what it is so you may as well be okay with it yeah for the longest time it was last comic standing which was cool I can't believe I'm even bringing it up because I oh hate oh my gosh that. that's
0: so funny I forgot that you were on that thank you did you win
1: yes <laughs> and it's like
0: such a you would win you're a winner thank you
1: it was such like I'm 30 and I won when I was like 24, 25 holy cow I'm always reticent to bring it up and here I'm like but I only say it because like for a little bit that's cool but like once a show has been off the air for a decade like it's it's like it's time when you're like a tertiary cast member (laughs) and you're like still signing fan art and you're like remember my arc that I had on season two so you just hope that you have accomplishments that eclipse that. Right. That's what it is. Not not proud of it.
0: Just like all right. But you know what's you know what's painful about it? I find is that it leaves the marketing of you in other people's hands. Ooh. So I bet sometimes you'll show up at a gig and they'll be like, "She'll say anything, Eliza Slasinger, or some kind of like hokey thing."
1: Let me. Can you tell me about yours? Because my I version kn- is yeah, because I know
0: what mine is. Mine will be like. He's clean. <laughs> he's clean. <laughs> Can't even get it out. It'll be like he's clean cut and fun and uh, clean kind of thing, like Christian Mike humor, yeah, church or, humor, right? Although o- o- over the years, fortunately, they they now say storyteller, which I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm that's like, good. okay. That's good. That's but it like used to be revolution. like Clean and young. It is clean.
1: That's you are synonymous with that.
0: I know. I don't want to be.
1: I've heard even before I knew you. It's like like Mike Berbiglia, like clean. Are you clean like Berbiglia? <sighs>
0: And I, I don't want that, but I, but that's what happens.
1: But but I think there's—I'm glad that—I'm glad you have that struggle, too. Because <laughs> particularly for women, and this is almost any woman in comedy, you get words, you get adjectives that men don't get, like, brash.
0: Yes. You get
1: opinionated.
0: Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. Like
1: unfiltered. And I'm like, this, this is very rehearsed. Like, I chose these words very yes. specifically. This is not, like, just diarrhea coming out of my brain, like, <laughs> unfiltered <laughs> diarrhea. And for women, it's always a sign like, wow, she's just a nut and she's, they'll say anything.
0: It's almost like they're apologizing for you before you walk on stage. It's
1: it's like a, just so you know, you're in for like a sexy good time because she's brash. And it's like, because I said the F word. Right.
0: What any other male comedian would say and you wouldn't use that descriptor.
1: And you're clean, but I'm also like, I guess for all intents and purposes, I'm clean. Like I don't say like pussy. Like I don't. T- I'm not as blue, yeah. But I also think there's such there's a gradient to it, and it's also like, what is the? Are we at a YMCA fundraiser? Like, what is clean?
0: <laughs> yeah. God forbid
1: you say like I had sex when I was twenty. It's like oh, X-rated, right? Totally raunchy. That's another
0: one women get. Oh, raunchy. Right. I hate that word. Well, it's interesting. Like in the Forever Hot special, you just go. I guess to use a basketball analogy because I'm everyone knows I'm great at basketball. Take it to the um, hole. Take it to the hole. Yeah, you took it to the hole. You got in the paint. Uh, I
1: wanted to call it go hard in the paint. Go hard in the I paint. But I was like, my whole demo won't get For that. real? I just felt like it was a little, little too inside baseball
0: as a basketball term. No, but you you went hard in the paint with, with pro-choice stuff, with Roe v. Wade stuff. And it's like, I was like, kudos. like, And it's so, it's so definitively just I'm gonna lay this out for you. It's not subtle, it's not <laughs> in the middle of like a 10-minute chunk about women's reproductive rights. It's like just so you know, this is my stance on this, and I feel very strongly about it. And I was like, my hat is off to you because you have a you have a very wide audience, and there's uh, 30% of people who don't agree with that. Sure. And your audience is like a hundred percent of people. Like I think oh, you're one of those you. people oh, who has wow. like. You have mass appeal. Like Thank people you. like, you know, red and blue people uh, yeah. like you a lot. And so I like did that. you did you weigh the cons and the pros and cons of that whole no. that? No.
1: I think that in your life there are things. Every once in a while there are hills that are so big you have to die on them. You cannot pick every battle. And I think some comics make the mistake, you know, if, if you are someone who wants these liberal things, like if you are constantly beating your drum, people are going to tune out. So it's all about how do you make it digestible yeah. and how do you s- – I will look back on my career and if I did not – in my life and there are certain things like you want to be able to say like I stood for that in a meaningful yeah. way and I am fortunate enough to have that microphone. And I do think my fans who are – who don't think like me, the feedback I get is I don't agree with your politics but I like your comedy.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think that's that's powerful too. Yeah. That they're like, because there are comics that say things that I don't agree with. I'm like, but they're still funny. There are people we know who I'm like, that is a horrible person yeah. who did bad things, but his jokes are fire. Yeah, like you can separate the two.
0: Yeah, Margaret Cho wrote the foreword to your book, and it interesting it's interesting because it's she talks about meeting you at the Washington D.C. Improv. And you know that that's where I started working the, the door.
1: I didn't know where that. Where I
0: started comedy.
1: Washington D.C. And a, I opened for Margaret Cho. Well, she's. She's, she's a, a tentpole beast. of comedy. She's yeah, she's a, de, a a delicate beast.
0: She's a she's a she's a, a legend.
1: She's also so kind in a way that someone who's been working in this industry for that long doesn't have to be. Yeah, and just always delightful to talk to, funny, and you know, I she had like she was an Asian woman with her own sitcom, and everybody she was, acts. She was huge. It, it like that happened, and and. It's so cool that Asian comics and Asian Americans are getting this moment now where we're like, oh, you know, you're not a stereotype. But, like, she was there. Oh, yeah. At the forefront of of the.
0: she's an example of, like, before people were going out of their way to program diverse talent in different spaces, she broke through before that. Yeah. That's how good she was.
1: And different and— Fully tattooed with the softest skin. <laughs> with Delightful the softest to me. Skin. Her skin's so soft. And she's just, nothing phases her. Yeah. Like I've never seen her be like, wait, what? like there's no, I'm sure there is anger because she's a comic, but just steady. Yeah. With great style.
0: When I opened for Margaret, I was like, oh, you can do comedy that isn't the typical club, road club, comedy. Yes. And your audience will show up. Like, her audience came to see what she was doing, which was, like, storytelling. Yeah. This is, like, a very seminal thing. Who did you, when you were starting out, who were your people where you were like, oh, you can do it like that? I didn't have any You didn't have it.
1: It's, I have, I, it's such a solo sport.
0: (laughs) Yes. And
1: I didn't start at an, like, I didn't start working somewhere, and it wasn't, it was, I had a day job and I just started doing stand up. No one said I could, no one said I couldn't. Yeah. And I found like a group of dudes that like ran a show at a bar and they gave me time. And that became my group of like these like middle-aged men that I was friends with. What bar? It was called, it's so sad. It's a, a bar that doesn't exist anymore above a restaurant that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, wow. It was called Room 5. And okay. it was like a place that people went for comedy. It was above a Malfi restaurant. Yeah. And this guy, uh, you know, they gave me some time and then they said I could come back. And so you just sort of, there's no handbook for this. I didn't know about the comedy store. And I yeah. knew what the improv was because I would pass it. I passed the Addison improv on my way to school when I was oh, in high school. It' was a but great club. Yeah. Like one of the last clubs to like outlaw smoking indoors.
0: Oh, that's really funny.
1: <laughs> but I just kind of cobbled together this experience. And you make your friends and then I found out who knows how, the comedy store, and you become a regular there, but there was no, like a lot of people like, oh, I wrote on this show and that's how I met my friends. Mine was just, and I became a headliner so young because, because of the show. Because of
0: Last Comic Standing.
1: So you're just out on the road with no guidance. Wow. No comics telling you, no women telling, saying, here's what you do. And I'm just, in my mind, I'm like, I'm the only one to ever do this because I'm just making this up as I go. Yeah. I would watch Pablo Francisco
0: Oh, interesting. He's so good.
1: He's so good, and he does sounds. I like I like energy.
0: Yeah, I know. You do great voices Thank and you. sounds and all that stuff.
1: It's, it's and it, my brother and I did it growing up, so I think I just sort of gravitated to the sounds that I wanted to hear. Yeah. I enjoyed, it, you know, when I was young, like Cat Williams. I love energy. Oh, Cat
0: Williams is so funny. It's like,
1: it's why I like watching Sebastian. Like, I love movement. Yeah. I love energy. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's not people that I take after as much as, when I started doing it, you know, and those were the things that I liked. But I, as a comic, you don't watch enough because you're working, so you tend to leave. Yeah. At least I did. So I just sort of made it up.
0: Yeah. Um, That's interesting. So you didn't have, but then who did you, even on TV, who did you watch?
1: Growing up, it was always sketch.
0: Oh, and it was. That's interesting.
1: I My parents were divorced, and my mom let me have a TV in my room. And so you'd like turn it on after you have to go to bed, you know? And I would sneak in like Martin because it was on TV. You don't know. Yeah. I'd watch Martin. I'd watch a little bit of Bernie Mac. I would definitely watch In Living Color. I watched Kids in the Hall yeah. before you could fully grasp what the, how brilliant it was what they were doing. Yeah. You know, I was in middle school. Watch the state. I was a little young for the state, but I still remember, like, yeah. I want to dip my balls in it. And then Nickelodeon had sketch shows and I would watch those and you're not judging it. It's just, I always say it's what like wafts into your comedy, Baleen, like whatever show you had.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And then you beg your mom for like a VHS copy of like Wayne's World and you watch Saturday Night Live and I would write my own sketches and you just, it's whatever was available. Yeah. I think a lot of people have like, my brother listened to Eddie Murphy or Richard Pryor or my dad loved – like I didn't have any of that. So you're just piecing it together – which is why I always find it so frustrating because I'm a comic and it has nothing to do, like, as I get older, it's like we have to stand up for women, but I didn't get into it despite being a woman, in spite of what anyone said, I just did it. Yeah. And so it's always this, like, you're not asking it, thank God. It's like, what women growing up? And I'm like, I didn't think of it as gendered.
0: Oh, interesting. I never thought
1: as funny as gendered until I got to LA and people started saying why women couldn't. And I was like, but I already did. And they oh, already did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah so I always thought of myself as one of the guys.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: I just never thought about it because my mom was funny. So to me, women just say things.
0: It's <laughs> <That's> really funny. <laughs> my mom is really funny too. Yeah. The, the, um, you do give like in your, in your new special, you do give advice to women and men. You're yeah. like, my advice for women is this. My advice for men is this. I won't give away what it is. Right. But it's like, do you ever get pushback from people being like, wait a minute, that's not true of all women. That's not true of all men or whatever the thing is.
1: I mean, then comedy is so about specificities and generalizations to get you into the specificity, and it's like, cool mood killer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, all women don't wear bras. You got me. Oh, my gosh. I'll make sure to add that into the director's cut. Yeah. But for the most part, like, these things are true. Right, right. And I think, too, if it's from a funny place versus, like, men are idiots. Like, there goes that. Like, no one wants to hear that. So, right. And also, I believe if it is your experience, it's yours to talk about. Right. So, I don't know. I think the people that are all, like, the "what whataboutism or that's not true. It's like, okay, it may not be true for you, but keep in mind, you laughed when you thought it was true for everyone else.
0: That is so funny. Yeah, no, it's we, I think one of the strangest things about comedy right now is that, is that, um, we're living in, like, a, an age of decontextualization. So, mm-hmm. people, so people will go.
1: Oh, my God, that's so know, true.
0: Of, of like, this, per, this comedian, this famous comedian said this, and it's completely out of context, yeah. and it's in the same font that the New York Times is in, and right, right, it, whatever, right. and then you're like, right, but it's, like, literally in the context of, like, a one-hour piece of comedy.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's weird. Well, people forget that this is art. Like, you have created an hour. It's a story. There's, at least for me, and I know for you, like, there's a through line. Yeah. There are arguments and examples to support the argument. You are not (laughs) unfiltered, like, pulling this out of your ass. Like, this is—you worked on this. And there's humor to support it so that even if you don't agree, it's still funny. Yeah, And people just want to be outraged, and we all feel so hurt so that when someone does say something— Let's say it's a gay joke, you know, rather than realize, oh, and he also made fun of himself and these two things prior, they're just pulling out the thing. Right. If you extrapolate anything for anyone, they can look like the worst human.
0: Oh, yeah. This
1: is a living, breathing piece of art.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, we asked these questions for yes. what we call the slow round. Do you, did you have a nickname in your life that was really good or really bad?
1: Really good or really bad? I'm not a people don't really give me nicknames. Really? Um,
0: your last name is like mine, where Schlesinger, yeah. I would say 90% of people spell it wrong.
1: Literally 100. Like it is <laughs> deeply anti Semitic, but also I just like let it go.
0: <laughs> I always say to people, when they, they look at my name, you know, the barista or whatever, and they'll go, <sighs> and I'll go, no, no, don't worry. <laughs> I go, don't worry about it. He just I go, takes a knee. I, he takes a knee. It's like, I, I always go, like, whatever comes out is fine.
1: Yeah. I I don't care, especially for barista. I'm like, spell it however you want. Who cares? Yeah. I a pet peeve of mine is when I do a podcast with someone I don't know and they open with "Is it Shel Chelsea? How do I say it?" I'm like, yeah. "Do your fucking job and learn it before we're on the air." Yeah, this is so unprofessional. Yeah, um, but I that's it is what it is. It should have a C and it doesn't, so they're not wrong when they misspell it. It yeah. should be a
0: C. Do you remember being an inauthentic version of yourself where you look back and you're like, oh, I'm so embarrassed of that phase or whatever?
1: Um, I have this chapter in my book about like how hard it is to not be yourself. Mm. And there was a guy and you might even know this person, but I'm not gonna say the name. I'm not even gonna look at you when I say it. Oh gosh. Uh, Who I like had a crush on forever. And we like finally got to like hook up. This was like in LA, like in my 20s. And I accidentally bit his penis and oh my gosh. it wasn't hard. It was just like a grazing, but that's uncomfortable. Like I can see your body language even as I describe yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, it's hard. And in it's the moment I leaned into, he like winced as one should. And I leaned into it because I was like, maybe if I act like I meant to, oh he'll gosh. be like, oh, she's so dark. I love it. And I did it again. <laughs> and this, like the, the session was over. Like we were done. We were never going to be together. Because I thought maybe like if I leaned into it, he'd think like, wow, she's so complex. And I do love Having my penis slightly bit. Oh my gosh! It wasn't a bite; it was a graze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still, and uh, it's just that thing, where especially when you're younger. If someone's a little older, and it's you, you're just like you're like, how do I make this work? Yes, I've had a crush on yes. you. Yes, yes, so and
0: <laughs> yes, and I bit his penis, and then and I did it twice, and, and I'm gonna do it again.
1: And I, yeah, there was no Uber, so I did have to sleep over, but I left the next day. <laughs> oh
0: wow, that's wild.
1: You totally know this person too.
0: Wow. Yeah. I'm going to ask you off air. I can't
1: tell you. Oh, you
0: can't say? No,
1: I can't. Because I think this person never told anyone, and I really respect that, even though there's, like, nothing to be saying. But it was just—it's less about that and more about any time, particularly as a girl, when dating. Like, the things that you do, thinking, like, I'll be this girl. Right. And it's like, oh, no. This
0: is who I am. (laughs) This is who
1: I am now. Yeah, (laughs)
0: yeah. Oh, my gosh. What's the best piece of advice that you've been given in your life that you used?
1: I, I wish I had one of those, like, my dad always said this. And I remember, yeah. like, who's listening to other people?
0: <laughs> like, who's really like, oh,
1: okay. And when someone's like, be kind, you're like, okay. <laughs> sure, you first. Um, and then there's advice that you know is true, but you really have to, like, keep repeat. Like, the, like nothing's ever personal. And you're yeah. like, mm, sometimes it really is. <laughs>
0: right. There's stuff That's like that. That's one of the four agreements. It don't, is take one it, of the four. don't take anything personally. <sighs>
1: Which is like, okay, call me when that actually— like, when you believe that. Sorry. I, this is not advice. This is a bastardized quote that I live by from Casino that Robert De Niro well, says. It. It's basically either you're stupid or you're in on it.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And he says, either way, I can't have it. Oh, my gosh, I love that. And I use it not for so much interpersonal, but, like, in terms of dealing with, like, a dumb executive that fucks up something or someone on the booking side or just other people— Either you're too dumb to do your job right okay. or it's malicious and you've deliberately done it wrong.
0: What is the can – you, can you think of like a moment in your life that you didn't realize at the time actually affected the trajectory of your whole life?
1: Oh, okay. Okay, I have one. <laughs> it's a good one. Okay. I didn't want to go on a date with my husband. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I had in my head like this set of criteria – um, based on where I was in life. Like, I didn't want a, a guy who, like, had roommates. You know, I was, like, 35. Right. Like, I do not want to, like, wake up like, next, you know. It was, like, a guy who had roommates. Um, I met him, and he was, like, I do have roommates. And I was, like, all right, bye. And I think I, like, erased his whatever, and he was, like, I'm not going to bother you. I'll erase your number. Like, he was cool. And I think Jody Miller, another comic in L.A., was one of my best friends. I think she was, like, you should call him or something. I don't remember. yeah. But then he explained to me, he's, and he said, I could live by myself, which is what you want. You want a man that's independent, okay. not someone that like, I drop off sandwiches, I'm on my parents' insurance, yeah. I, I have no future. Um, and he was like, I live with my friends because I'm a chef, so I work such late hours, so it's nice to come home to my best friends and we cook. Right. It was a more elegant answer. Right. And so I went out with him, and then I think we went out a couple times, and then there was that, like deciding to go on the date with him. Yeah. Because I almost didn't. Yeah. And then there was like, I think we'd gone out a couple nights and I was out with Jody and she and I was like, Should I call him and invite him out? She was like, Do it. And I didn't want to. And I think the stupid young girl part of me that was like, just blow him off. Like, just be a hurt person and see if you can, you know. And I didn't, and I invited him.
0: Right. And like
1: I've never we've been together ever since. Aw. So it was just giving someone like not cutting them off and just giving someone that chance that truly deserved it.
0: Well, you didn't cut him off based on like your own criterion.
1: Right. I, get, I let him explain. Yeah, because we had context; it wasn't just out of context. So, babe, if you're listening, really glad I met you. I
0: love, I love, I love in your special where you go. I met my husband where we all met our husband on an app. <laughs> <Let's> not pretend. <laughs> so this is a this is a section uh called uh from the notebook this is just half jokes This is just things that i wrote down okay um that aren't done um what i've realized about injuries like i'm 44 so i'm older than you but like injury like i have a shoulder injury that's resurfacing from like 10 years ago i'm not even kidding yeah it's like i i fractured it's like 10 years ago I'm rushing down subway steps. I'm always in a rush. I was I've, in a rush. I've, I've nowhere to be. I've literally never had anywhere to be, um, <laughs> except being right here, right now. And uh, I trip. This is at the West Fourth stop. This is at the cellar. And I trip on the fourth step from the bottom. Yeah, I know. And I t- it was my my, my uh, uh, untied shoes laces. My dad taught me how to tie my shoes when I was a kid, and he wasn't around much. <laughs> um, and I uh, trip. I fly. I I fly in the air. I land. I'm not exaggerating even a, even at all. I land on the ball of my shoulder, uh-huh. and I'm lying on the ground in the subway. Ew. And I'm just like writhing in pain. Just like please, you know, help. People are just blowing past me. It's just like, You're you like need-
1: I'm not crazy. I'm like know, a yeah. homeowner. I'm a husband. I know, I know. <laughs> Please
0: help me. <laughs> people are just blowing past me. Like you need help? No, good. And uh, oh, they
1: did acknowledge you. Sorry, they
0: acknowledged and then left. I mean, no one helped. Yeah. Like what's amazing is like, you know, I've done this a couple times on stage, and I and like people will laugh, and I go, "You're laughing because you've been one of those people." Yes, and I want you to know that we of the floor are aware (laughs) that you do not wish to help. We're not fooled by your faux generosity. So the end of the story is (laughs) we of the floor. (laughs) We of the floor. I know. I like that part of it. I I like that that part of we of the floor. And then uh, a a week goes by, and I finally go to I go to orthopedist, and. He does an X-ray, and he goes, you fractured the ball of your shoulder. Wait, can I write
1: stuff down as you talk? Are we beating out the show? Oh, sorry. Can I have a pen?
0: Oh, yeah. I went to the orthopedic doctor, and he did an X-ray. And he goes, you know, the ball of your shoulder's fractured. And I go, oh, wow. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I'm surprised it took you a week to come in. People who have what you have walk into this office every day screaming in pain, literally screaming. And I said, that's how I feel on the inside all the time.
1: Oh. <laughs> okay, here's what I would say. Here's, okay. what, here's what, what I like got? for what you. you I'm surprised it took you a week to come in. You're like, yeah, I've been on the floor.
0: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> this uh, whole time. I've been on the floor. I've
1: been on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: We have the floor.
1: I love we have the floor. I, I just feel like... I don't know how you handle this. I would be like, yeah, I already have the joke. But since no, no this is I the don't second- have
0: it. I don't have it. It's not in anything. So you
1: say we have the floor. Yeah. And then in my heart, it's like, you ever been a floor person to someone? <laughs> and then they'll be like, yeah, one time. I-. Then you get to have all that delicious crowd work of like the dumb thing they did oh, to that's fall. nice. I you love You ever that. been a floor person? A floor person is someone that, you know, like you see them all the time. They're, oh, like... Help and I can't get up. I fall and I can't get up is the
0: oldest floor person right, reference. Right, the original floor person. So that's,
1: we have, so just talking about that. And yeah. then uh, I wrote build out an answer. What did I say? they ever been a floor person. Oh yeah, because what I missed was when you were laying on the floor, you were, were you saying help? Or were people just like, do you need help? And you said yes and they ignored you? No, I was
0: just like, please. You know what I mean?
1: But they didn't, people would say like, are you good? They would just say, are you yeah, good?
0: Yeah, people are like, um, uh, are you okay? Good. You know, and then they'd be gone.
1: I would just, I would stay in that pocket.
0: I'd just be like, I didn't that say scene. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't say I'm okay. I'm definitely not. Yeah.
1: Just saying it like the awkwardness and then, cause it really gets into the humanity of people like New Yorkers are, are nice people, but they're so desensitized. Like you would have to send up a flare yeah. to be like, this is not part of my day to day. Right. Like I don't belong on this floor. And then the tag of I've been on the floor. But I, had no I, just, in,
0: I had no intention of being here on the floor.
1: I don't know how I got here. Yeah. I just think there's a lot to be mined from what other horrible things they might say to you. Yeah. Especially, are you good? And you're like, no. And they're like, all right. <laughs> because no one's listening. Like, the greater point is that nobody pays attention. Everyone's desensitized.
0: I think it is a good point. I think I, I always defend New Yorkers as being like, Good people generally, and I don't think the cliche of that everyone's like a jerk is true. It's very like outdated. But yeah, yeah. But that being said, they're terrible. no one picked me up from the floor. Not only did no one pick you up from the floor,
1: <laughs> my biggest issue with New Yorkers, it's this very like, we're all really nice teddy bears and everybody's very smart here. It's a smart, smart city. Yeah. I've never seen this many people throw cigarettes into the street. Like, how can you be smart, but also, like, totally unaware of what an ocean is? <laughs> it drives me crazy. Yeah, sure, sure. Like, you have all these museums here, and this is, like, the epicenter of culture. And you're like, the cigarette just disappears after I throw it. That's right. who's not helping you.
0: Right. So people are just, like, myopic, I guess. This is a joke about um, when I was starting out in comedy, I opened for this guy. Who? It was like a... It was like a it was, it was this era of my career where I was driving around to gigs that no one wanted, like yeah. one-nighters at restaurants in the middle of West Virginia, like really <laughs> far out shit. Yeah. Like really far a out. state no one wants. And I was opening up to this guy. I won't say his name, but he goes like, he goes, I go, he goes, where do you live? I go, New York. And he goes, I went to New York once. I got my girlfriend an abortion. All I saw was the inside of an abortion clinic. And I go, yeah, you really have to spend a few days there to get the feel <laughs> for the town.
1: <laughs> or what if, I love that. It's, what if your answer was just like, no, you got the gist of it?
0: Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, that's what it is. That's you, fun. You, no, no, that's you, funny. I opened for a guy once who goes, this is when I was starting out, like these gigs were like terrible, terrible, <laughs> terrible. I opened for this guy who goes, how much do you pay for that laptop? Uh, laptop? I go, I don't know, like I think $500. He goes, I get you one for 200 I go really. He goes, yeah, it's hot. True story. Okay. And I and then he, and I go, I think I'm good. Yeah. And he goes, I think I could get you one for one fifty. And then I'm thinking, I think I like hot.
1: Oh. You know what okay. I mean?
0: Like maybe hot. Maybe hot's my price range.
1: Okay. Here's what I think. You have a laptop. How much is your laptop? The guy you go like five hundred. The guy goes, I can get you one for two hundred. And you're like, I already have one. <laughs>
0: Right. Do have you don't right. need That's it. That's a good point. It That's could a fair be point. free. You still yes. don't need it. Yes.
1: And then what does he say? He says, um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. When he goes 200 and then 300, and he goes, I can get you one for 100. So I'd be like, <laughs> Now I'm starting to think, are you going to steal my laptop? <laughs> right.
0: right. No, the, yeah, as you were saying that, I was thinking the same thing, which yeah. is in hindsight, I'm like, Wait, if he was willing to sell a, a hot laptop, maybe he would steal mine.
1: But the bigger issue is it's he's selling you, he's solving a problem you don't have that's true you don't need to. No, you're absolutely
0: right you're absolutely right um when i wake up i don't know if you have this when i wake up i never think like this is gonna be a good day i always think like i think i have to make a list okay you know what i mean is this the, is this the yeah that's oh, all yeah. i have oh, that's yeah that's all i have on it
1: i always wake up hoping for the best do you really? I do. I wake up, I'm like, today's going to be a great day. Wow. And then it's even funnier when bad things like immediately happen. Like that's when you sprain your ankle. Like, right. People always talk about setting an intention. And I would only set one so that it's so funny when it gets dashed. Right. Like it's going to, because it's not funny the other way. It's not funny if you're like, it's going to be a shitty day and then it is. It's funny if you're like, bright lights, big city, look out, here I come. Oh, fuck my hands. Like, right.
0: You're absolutely right. So
1: if you want to have a funny life where you can laugh, always hope for the best. That way when it inevitably sucks, at least it's funny.
0: Do you have that in the moment of, of pain? Yeah. In the moment of pain, you go, oh, this will be a bit?
1: Not so much it'll be a bit as much. In, in my book, I talk about um, having a miscarriage, which is like so heavy, but it's, I make it funny. And uh, I talk about, I believe if one thing bad happens, it sucks. If two things bad happens, then it's just like, ugh. But if you can get, you can get a list going of yeah. like three or more. Yeah. It's like this cosmic receipt you present at the end of the So when you retell that story, Yeah. it's funny. Like, it's not funny on Curb Your Enthusiasm when like Larry David does one thing wrong, but at the end of the episode, when it's been like 15 things, this the combination. T- and so like, I had this miscarriage and and then it found out because I had a, a polyp, it's a long story, a polyp, so the doctor's like, you need to get the polyp removed, and it has to be on your birthday. Oh my god. So I'm going for a polyp removal on my birthday. So funny. And it has to be in Huntington Beach. God forbid we do it at Cedar sinai by buy my house, which is an hour plus away. Wow. And it has to be in rush hour. And so just that of like going in for surgery on your uterus on your oh birthday is so sad. I mean, everything's great in the end. But it's not, it has to be funny at a certain point. Yeah. But I just think building a case for yeah. why you had the shittiest day kind of makes it better.
0: I like that. I like that in your your special, the new special, where you talk about, like, how you had a miscarriage, and you're basically like, most women you know probably had a miscarriage. Something like that. You say something. You were almost a miscarriage, yes. Exactly. And and you're just like, saying these things is, we should be talking about this. Right. Like, I love that. Thank you. Because I think that's at the heart of, like, why comedy is even beyond just being entertainment is a meaningful catharsis mm-hmm. like why i like why it's meaningful to me that yeah. we even do this and watch people do it and like is that you you're you're talking about stuff that like you're not going to talk and say in small talk at a, you know when you're talking to another parent or right. whatever right right and like that's i love, i love that
1: i agree and i also think that's why um, Billy Crystal in Mr. Saturday Night, which I think is like the stand-up comedy movie. Yeah. He says, you can't be funny during the day. There are no day clubs, there are night clubs. You're not funny on the day show, you're funny on the tonight show. And what he's talking about is this is a thing that should be consumed in the dark. Yeah, You are bearing your soul, your vulnerability for this audience of strangers yeah. with this tacit agreement that we all mean no harm. Or at least it should be that. And I do it in the dark so I don't have to look at any of your faces, but yeah. I can just feel your energy. Yeah. And it is something that should be consumed quietly and privately, like a peep show, because we're talking about very honest things. Yeah. So it should be done in the dark yeah. because it's like this trade. Yes. I'm exchanging my vulnerability and you're laughing, which means you get it. Yeah. And it's embarrassing.
0: Yeah. And
1: then the lights come up and then you get all the, all the candy, all the applause. I love
0: that. That's a that's a great way to end. Thank you. That's beautiful. I mean,
1: so much to me that you think that. Oh, that's great. You're like the guy.
0: I'm not the guy. You're the. i some you're. other guy's the guy. <laughs> We do a thing called Working It Out for a Cause, where yeah. there's an organization that you think is doing a good job. Then I contribute to it. We link to them in the show notes.
1: Okay. I thought about this because there's so many good ones. Um, but since you're going to make a donation, there's an organization called Team Rubicon. Okay. And I've done, like, some fundraisers for them. And this is an organization that takes vets, like military vets, and they get to, they get to help with, like, natural disasters and relief and, like, boots on the ground kind of stuff. And the more garbage that keeps happening, the more climate change-induced disasters, the more th- ways that we're affected by hurricanes or floods yeah. or whatever. These people who are trained, things like this, are on the ground giving of their time. And I just think it's a cool organization.
0: Team, Team org disaster response. This is great. It's just people helping people fantastic. that are
1: qualified and— these are people who are good at that kind of thing, and I think it's great that they're able to do that. And Wow. I've worked with them before, so I knew that they were real versus like just Googling something before this.
0: Well, I will contribute to them. I will encourage other people to contribute as well. The link is in the show notes. Uh, thanks, Eliza, and congratulations on all the great specials in your book and everything. Thank Holy you. cow.
1: Thanks, Mike. Working it out,
0: because it's not done. We're Working it out, because there's no... That's going to do it for my conversation with Eliza Schlesinger. You can watch Eliza's special, Hot Forever, on Netflix. You can get her book, All Things Aside, at your local bookstore. You can follow her at @eliza_s Eliza S on Instagram or on Twitter. It's at Eliza. Our producers of Working It Out are myself, along with Joseph Berbigli and Peter Salomon, associate producer, Mabel Lewis, consulting producer, Seth Barrish. Assistant producers Gary Simons and Lucy Jones. Sound recording by JN Wang. Sound mix by Ben Cruz. Supervising engineer Kate Belinsky. Special thanks to Marissa Hurwitz and Josh Upfall. Mike Consigliari's Mike Burkwitz. Special thanks to Jack Handanoff and Bleachers for their music. Congrats to Jack on all of his success. He's holy cow, he 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 produced uh, the Taylor Swift album that I was lucky enough to be in the in the music video for anti-hero. Uh, he worked with Taylor closely on that one, and it's uh, it's phenomenal. He also produced um, the 1975 album that just came out. Amazing. These are great albums. Jack is, is amazingly talented, and we use his Red Hearst song in the old man and the pool. And we're so grateful. Special thanks to J-Hope Stein. Her book, Little Astronaut, is in bookstores now. Special thanks, as always, to my daughter, Una, who who built a radio fort made of pillows, which is perfect for your sonic needs. Thanks, uh, most of all, to you who are listening. Um, I can see when you write the little message on Apple Podcasts. I, I know it's such a small thing, writing a little uh, a little a thing on Apple Podcasts, and you think, oh, I'll leave that to other people. But... In this case, it's really the only way that people find the podcast. Like, literally. I mean, people like you who are listening to this, you probably found this because you've been watching my specials or, or whatever. Maybe you're a fan of Eliza. But if you really like this podcast, just go on, right. like, I like this. I like this. My favorite episode was this. It means the world to us. Thank you, everybody, for telling your friends and telling your enemies. See you next time, everybody.